Alrighty. You all right? Yep. Boom. That's the new clap. Boom. Or is that maybe? I don't okay. think that works. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Hello, folks. Welcome to uh, On This Hill, a podcast of Church on the Hill. Uh, glad you've joined us again. Um, we've had quite a couple of weeks here yeah. at Church on the Hill. Really, really good stuff. Yeah. Um, last week, not uh, this Sunday, because it's coming out on Monday, but not this Sunday, but the, the previous week to that, we had a great speaker come in. Um, we'd had him come for CityQuake. We did this thing called CityQuake, which yeah. was a, an evangelism training thing. We had some participants from Church on the Hill, some people from outside of the, uh, the church that came and were a part of it, and did yeah. a lot of evangelism in the city, saw some amazing things where people got saved, people got healed, and uh, really wanted him to come back and share uh, just mm -hmm. him and not with the whole team yeah. of CityQuake. Yeah, Art Thomas did a great job. If you mm -hmm. weren't with us, uh, you can pick it up online on our on our webpage. You can pick up the message Sunday's message. But yeah, yeah, and he also spoke to our youth ministries and mm -hmm. last night in our discipleship class. And so yeah, he did a great, great, great job. Yeah. Challenging. We were out of town for the youth ministries thing, uh, but I heard thirteen young people got saved. Yeah, which is amazing. It is amazing, you know. People respond to just the truth and the power of the gospel. Yeah, man. Yeah, I had responses on Sunday as well on both campuses, uh, yeah. people getting saved. Um, yeah, and then last night we had him actually speak. We're, we're doing a um, another class, a discipleship mm -hmm. class that we're calling... Uh, Reformation. Yeah, Reformation, talking about being reformed. Mm -hmm. And he had a great topic because he's mostly, he's, I'd, I'd categorize it as sanctification. He's talking about being sanctified and what yeah. that looks like in our life, the, yeah. uh, the fruits mm -hmm. that come from our roots. Um, and afterwards, you and I were kind of saying, man, wouldn't it be great to just teach this right after baptism? We have a pre-baptism class yeah. that, that says, this is what you're doing, this is what this means, make sure. Well, we're kind of checking in on someone. Mm -hmm. You're not just doing this for mm -hmm. show or that it means something it doesn't mean. Yeah. You're saying you're giving your life fully to Jesus as, as Lord, and yeah. that you are participating in the death mm -hmm. and resurrection of Jesus. You're mm -hmm. born again. Yeah. I'm pretty convinced that most people that get baptized don't totally grasp. Oh, sure. Um, what, yeah. And that's understandable, yeah. you know, because you're on the front end. Most people are on the front end of, mm -hmm. this is new to me, uh, I want to embrace right. this, you know, this following Jesus, this discipleship. Yeah, much like we say people who get married you're right. don't yeah. really don't yet know what you don't grasp. Know yeah, they're yeah. like, oh, and we walk them through as best we can, like, hey, this is what marriage means, this is yeah. where it's going to be awesome, this is where it's going to yeah. be challenging, but they go in blind because they've never, never done it before. Yeah. And Scripture, all through the New Testament, Paul would address this, right, in Peter 2, like, okay, now, now that you've entered in, I'm paraphrasing, he said, now mm -hmm. it's time to grow up. You've been on the milk of the Word, now it's time to go to the yeah. meat of the Word. You've been naive, now it's time to be discerning. Mm -hmm. You know, at this time, you should have been. So it's one thing to be young, and it's one thing to be... I was reflecting on this last night. It's one thing to be young, and it's one thing to be... Maybe naive is not the right word, innocent, or you're still a, you're a learner, and we're always yeah. we're lifelong learners. But, but there is a time where I think you really do have to be diligent mm -hmm. in these matters and like Paul said and 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 go into the deeper things of how of how the word of God applies mm -hmm. to every area of my life. Yeah, I I wonder if that isn't do you suppose it's more challenging for okay, so Sunday we had some salvations. Yeah. People of all ages. Yeah. And then Tuesday night we have salvations kids, you know, 12, 13, 14. Yeah. I think, in my opinion, it'd probably be more challenging for the adult 
Because as a kid, he's already got this idea. I'm a kid. Yeah. I know I've got a lot to learn. Yeah. You know, or even if they really don't believe that and they're kind of pro- proud, people are constantly telling them, you got a lot to learn, kid. You got a lot to learn, kid. Yeah. But as an adult, you kind of feel like, well, I've, I've kind of got life figured out. Yeah. I've got things arranged. But now I'm born again. And you have to kind of go back to, I, I don't know how to live this life. I know how to live life, but I don't know how to live this new right. life. Yeah. So the, uh, the the tricky part of that, or the deceiving part of that, is on one hand, statistics actually bear out that mm-hmm. the older you get, the more difficult it is to make a decision to follow Jesus, which is right. tragic in a way. But the reason behind that is just what you're describing, I think, that mm-hmm. um, I could be super proficient. I, I've honed my craft. I've built my business. I've mm-hmm. got my degrees. And so... Uh, I can't be all wrong, could I? Where the scripture actually is, yeah. actually you could be. And so there's some humility involved there, right? Of saying, mm-hmm. okay, I may be right about a whole you know, category of things out there that are the measure of success, but mm-hmm. when it comes to relationship with my creator yeah. or healing my marriage or breaking an addiction, right. I have to start as a child, which is what Jesus said. Unless you yeah. enter into the kingdom as a child, yeah. you, can't, you can't enter in, so... Yeah, we'll often say, like, being young, there's nothing wrong yeah. with being young. Yeah, like, it's not a lot, crime. There's a lot of great things about it, but there's a certain liability in yeah, it exactly. in that you just don't have experience yet. Well, there's nothing wrong with being old or older, but there is a certain liability in it. Yep. And that liability in this case would be, like, that young man, young woman, has this plasticity about them. Yeah. Like, well, I, yeah, yeah. I haven't really even formed my... Right. I'm open to new ideas. Yeah, I haven't, yeah, I haven't yeah. formed my moral code yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't formed. There's so much still mm-hmm. unformed that I'm I'm figuring out at that age. And so when you do it together with the Holy Spirit in the life of Christ, mm-hmm. in the Word of God, wow, that's what a great time to come to Jesus. If yeah. you do it yeah. as an older person, like like the, the older person that comes to marriage a little bit later. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But nothing wrong with that. But you've got some routines. But you've got some routines. And, <laughs> and beliefs. We, we talk about that, you know, because it seems to have shifted culturally where my wife and I were engaged at 19 and married at 20. That seems unreal to people today. Like, you're kids. And we were. We were very young. Uh, maybe we were even slightly younger than our peer group, but not, not by a lot. All of my friends were getting married the next couple years after that. But now people are waiting longer and longer, and then they find themselves at 30 or 35, married to someone who has fully formed opinions about how to do their household, about how to do life, where Trisha and I figured it out together. Yeah. And one's hard in one way and one's hard in another. They just have different... Isn't it interesting how you, you and I both have worked over the years with mm-hmm. teams, and one of the things we both love is we love having... I love working with a younger generation. I love working yeah. with the, the emerging generation yeah. and seeing them embrace leadership. But one of the things that we've seen is that um, oftentimes someone coming up, a young person coming up, has some certain opinions. They have opinions oh, about stuff, yeah. but they haven't never been tested in real mm-hmm. <laughs> real life. Right. Whether it's an opinion about what a marriage should be like, or mm-hmm. an opinion about what leadership should look like, or an opinion about how to yeah. run a run a ministry or run a church, and they're idealistic. Yeah, and they're untested. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how many people out there listening? When you were 25, you were really certain yeah. and passionate about a certain idea mm-hmm. or principle. Yeah. And then as you got older, and in fact, you got into leadership, you realized, you know oh, what? Yeah. That's not as easy as I made it sound when well, I was 25. The example that jumps to mind is, um, and again, I'm, I'm not bashing this at all. I, I think it's fantastic that people started there, but l- young church planters who said, well, I'm just going for this age group. Yeah. 
for this yeah, category, yeah. for these. Gonna, uh, we're going to plant a church of college people. Yeah, this college people, <laughs> we're just going to love God with all of our heart, all of our soul and our mind. We're not going to worry about all the programs. Our church is yeah, going to yeah. be stripped down and it's simple. We're not going to the have word. these programs. And that's, I mean, that's Great. absolutely beautiful. But those college students are going to then meet in church, get married, and have children. <laughs> and next thing you know, whether you wanted it or not, you, you have better a have ministry. a kid's ministry, yeah. a program. Yeah. To minister to children, and it, it's just one of those things. Like they started in a certain way, thinking like idealistically, we're not going to mm. do any of this extra stuff. But in the reality, yeah. it's like, oh, maybe those things are there for yeah. a reason. Maybe people do these programs for a reason. And that's the beauty, isn't it, of growing? The beauty of growing is as you grow. Hopefully, if you have a stance of humility, like they, the old yeah. the old adage, the four stages of learning. The first stage is you don't even know what you don't know. Right. Which is, you know, a toddler mm-hmm. or whatever. They don't even know. And then the second stage is you begin to know. Mm-hmm. You begin, it begins to dawn on you. The more you learn, the more you realize, gosh, there's mm-hmm. a wealth of information and experience out there that I still lack. And then that third stage is, you know, you begin to know what you know mm-hmm. and end up going with what you know. And that's maturity. And yeah. that's kind of what we've been talking about here in, in Timothy, as Paul speaks yeah. to Timothy. Timothy, mm-hmm. his young protege, who was, you know, basically. Paul's handing the baton off to this yeah. young believer, and uh, Timothy had, uh, you know, he 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 didn't have a, a perfect uh, church upbringing. Uh, his parents were a mix of of you know Jew and Gentile, and uh, and yet Paul is super confident. But at yeah. the same time, he admonishes Timothy. Yeah. You know, you read the book of Timothy, especially First Timothy, and there are dozens and dozens of imperatives yeah. of Timothy. Watch out for this, Timothy. Mm-hmm. Make sure you do this, Timothy. Be careful with this. Yeah, and he's, you can hear the father's voice in there, right? Yeah, and in this chapter uh, from Sunday, chapter four, he even specifically points to his youth. Yeah, he talks about what we're talking about here. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm Paul. I don't have to say I'm older. You know, I'm older. Yeah. But I'm I'm I've been down this road. Yeah. I'm I w- was in Ephesus where you are for two years. I spent time there, and now don't don't look. Don't, people look down on you because of your yeah. youth. But for that to happen. Because I, I I think that's interesting. He tells him like don't don't let anybody, you know. But the way that happens isn't by Timothy going around and going don't look down on me because I'm young. Yeah, yeah. Right. Hey, that no, you treat me with respect. Yeah, I'm Paul's Paul, man. Paul put me here. You know yeah, that, yeah. right? Like yeah, I'm. The, he doesn't have to defend himself in that way. No, the way he tells him mm-hmm. to make that happen is more imperatives. Yeah. Do this. Do this. Do this. And do this. And then you won't have to worry about people looking down on you because of your age. Yeah. I love in verse 8, he says, listen, Timothy, training, physical training is of some value. Mm -hmm. So if that was in today's maybe vernacular, we would say, hey, glad you got a workout rhythm at the gym. That's that's good. That's good. That'll help your heart, keep your cholesterol. CrossFit, personal goals, (laughs) you're doing great. Good job. But then he says, godliness has value for all things. You think, wow, godliness has value for all things. Godliness being like, Timothy, the pursuit of of being transformed and you you become, somehow you reflect God in your life mm-hmm. and so forth. He says it holds promise for both present life and the life to come. Mm. And so he, he kind of paints this, uh, or he casts this vision for this young man, Timothy, to uh, to somehow that the goal is not just to have a big following, the goal is not to mm-hmm. have 10 million likes, but yeah. the goal is to be godly. And, if, yeah. if that, and that's a worthy goal that'll stand the test of life and time and eternity. I think that maybe highlights one of the main differences between the elder and the younger, is the elder is closer to that eternity. Yeah. And he just sees it a little more clearly. When you're young, you can't really even imagine getting old, let alone dying. Yeah. 
it, it just it's, it's way out it, there. <laughs> it's just the way our brain works when we're young. It's just so far out there. It's it's something we can't really even imagine. Uh, I remember, you know, as a really young man, seeing guys that were a lot of shape, and I'm like, why did this older guy just let himself go to pot? Like, <laughs> has he never heard of sit? You could just do sit ups. You can just. And now as a middle aged man, I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, there's a reason why. <laughs> take a nap. And I want to the gym. I'm yeah, take a nap. But I, you know, you just have this judgment, a certain you know judgment of the world, and you can't even imagine yourself older or in eternity. Mm-hmm. And Paul, a little bit closer, and especially when you get to Second Timothy, he's going to be very close. He's going to be saying, "I've finished the race. Mm-hmm. I'm crossing the line. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done." And he's looking backwards at Timothy and telling him, "Watch out for that curve. There's mm-hmm. a rock in the path here. Here's how you run through this place. I've ran the race you're running, and I'm telling you, there's an eternity on the other end of it." And you know, in, in this instance, saying, hey, physical health is one thing. And he even had given Timothy some physical advice about, hey, drink a little wine for the stomach's sake. Yeah. You know, he's not an anti-physical person, but he's saying there's an even more important goal than, uh, than abs. Yeah. And you know, as pastors, we, uh, again, we work with people. We joke from cradle to grave, right? And, uh, and, and everything in between. This idea mm-hmm. of training yourself to be godly. I think uh, that's such a huge thing, right? Isn't it for mm-hmm. us that, wait a minute, so I just thought godliness, one idea would be it just sort of happened. Right. Uh, now that I'm a follower of Jesus, yeah. things change or, or, or uh, yeah. you know, there, there, it almost has like this mystical, magical, mm-hmm. I'm going to be touched by God yeah. or touched by an angel or something. but. Yep. But Paul is actually bringing it, isn't he, right down to the nitty-gritty of everyday life of, uh, Timothy, there are practices, yeah. there are disciplines, perhaps, there are things that you need to pay attention to mm-hmm. on a regular... Because isn't that what training is? Someone right. says the difference between training and trying. Mm-hmm. Trying is you know, having these moments of this gush of, I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, January 1st, get a gym membership. Yeah. But it doesn't last. But yeah. where training is this rhythm, the routine, right? I, I remember seeing a... Little sign, I think it was around the exercise idea, but it, it said, Practice doesn't make perfect, perfect practice makes perfect. Yeah. That, you know, that I'm uh, ver- trying versus, you know, training. Don't just try, train. Yeah. And uh, I think with, with Timothy, too, there's just this, uh, there's such practical words in here. Devote yourself to public reading of scripture, to preaching and teaching. He's a mm-hmm. pastor. So he's saying, Hey, these things. Mm-hmm aren't just going to come to you because I put you in place. Yeah. There is a gift that there was, a, he says, there's a laying on of hands and there's a gift that's in you. It's there. So there's a positional. Ephesians says, you are seated with Christ in the heavens. Mm-hmm. Positionally, that's where you are. But then there's also this aspirational, like you are there positionally in the spirit, you are there. But if you want to be good at this, then you're going to have to do it yeah. and keep doing it yeah. and do it again. <sighs> And, and pay attention to it. And I, I think that's where sometimes we get stuck. We forget, like, oh, I, I'm saved. I am a saint. But wait a minute. What's going on in my life? Yeah. There's still this flesh. There's Has still someone told my brain? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, I am saved. And it's easy to get stuck. Like, well, maybe I'm not saved because I, mm-hmm. I actually just had this terrible sinful thought or I just yelled at mm-hmm. somebody. And So what does that mean? Well, we are saved. We are justified. But there's a sanctification process that takes place that that will be our lifetime. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, Paul spoke to Timothy about his physical body, but he also spoke to him about his spiritual being. So Mm -hmm. here, Paul is addressing a man saying, pay attention to your body, soul, and spirit. Mm -hmm. And so you think about this idea, 
of someone who has perhaps a uh, – and, and I bet a bunch of people out there listening, at one point in time, you've owned a guitar. Mm-hmm. So you've picked up the guitar and said, gosh, I just yeah. really want to play the guitar. Guilty. And you can, you can pick up the guitar and hold the guitar and strum the guitar because that's what you've observed. Mm-hmm. And you can actually make some noise. Maybe even you can learn two or three chords, mm-hmm. right? But there's a big difference between that and actually becoming yeah. proficient as a musician mm-hmm. with a guitar in your hand. But what does that involve? It involves your brain and neural pathways, and it involves your physical fingers right. to actually be in the right spot at the right time doing the right thing or stepping into a batting cage. You know, we've watched on television, everybody swung a bat, but to actually get the hand-eye coordination that mm-hmm. goes with a ball coming at you at 85 miles an hour, making contact. And yeah. so it's almost like we expect that we should be experts because yeah. we agree with the idea. What if we reworded this for your analogy? Be, be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your chord progress. Yeah. Watch your fingers closely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Persevere yeah. in them because if you do, you will save. Yeah, you you will be yeah. a guitar player. Yeah. You will. You're gonna be. You're gonna be proficient. Yeah, you're gonna right? be proficient. But he's saying this towards God's godliness, towards our salvation. Yeah. But we 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 understand that with a guitar, we understand that with with sports. But I think sometimes we we just expect a magical, mystical thing to happen yeah. completely. Yeah. Now, there is a supernatural thing that happens, that I am transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the yeah. kingdom of light. So I'm, God's I'm at work with us. Yeah. yeah. But there has to also be with it a, um, well, exactly what Paul is asking Timothy for, a dedication, a diligence. Yeah. It reminds me when I was talking to a lady a while back, and I asked her and her husband, how long have you guys been married? And she said 40-some years. And uh, and uh, I said, uh, what a, you know, what have you learned in all these years? And she mm-hmm. said, marriage is hard. <laughs> it's harder than we thought it was going to be. Now, these were two yeah. relatively stable and educated. Yeah. married for and, 40 and, years. <laughs> yeah, and godly people. And in a sense, they both yeah. came into it as believers. But what they discovered was, huh. um, again, just like I could w- watch the guitar, watch the baseball player, or watch somebody preach, what you discover is there's a whole lot of deeper uh, decision making and 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 training and dying to myself to actually get good at this. Now yeah. they were happily married, but it, it had every chapter hadn't been a happy chapter. Well, that's where again marriage is God's picture of Christ in the church. It's so, yeah. you know there's this. I, I was just listening to Timothy Keller recently, and he was describing a long marriage that he's had with his wife. He said, "And we have become we became one flesh." Yeah. We stood so, in front yeah, of... We were in the game, so to speak. Boom, yeah. you're, you're one flesh. He says, but over time, and it did not happen immediately, after years and years of intimacy, sexual intimacy, mm-hmm. emotional intimacy, mm-hmm. physical, like all the intimacy you can have. He said, now what I found is when I'm in a situation, I have my thoughts, but I have my wife's thoughts as well. Mm-hmm. I, I can immediately know what she would say if she was standing here right now. Yeah. It, it, we laugh sometimes as married guys about the elbow. Yeah. You know, the wife will give you the yeah. elbow right. if you say something. I don't have to have my wife beside me anymore to feel that elbow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, she doesn't even have to be there. I could feel her kick me under the table when I've done something. And, and it, it's, so, it's so one. It's so we've become one. And that's what happens with, with us in Christ. Yeah. We, we got saved. It happened. Boom. You're saved. But it has taken so much time for me to feel his arm around mm-hmm. my shoulder, even when, you know, there's just a, there's a progress that has happened in the intimacy over time. And I can break that intimacy. I can, I can send it backwards just like I can in marriage. I can, I can 
hurt that and, and grieve the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's described that way. Uh, and I can also please the Holy Spirit and get closer to it, but it is a it is a work. Here's here's a thought. I mm-hmm. I have a our our guest last night. Our Thomas was talking about uh, um, something's going to shape you, and I I was thinking about this passage. He tells Timothy. He said, Timothy, train yourself to be godly. How something's going to train me. Mm-hmm. I mean, really? Yeah. Don't you think that's true? Something is going. Now I may not like the idea, but mm-hmm. the fact is. I'm a product. Yep. I have habits that are a product of a bunch of decisions and thoughts. Yep. And those habits ultimately become a lifestyle. So, uh, you know, if you don't believe that, uh, maybe observe, uh, well, try going, just deliberately leave the house without your cell phone That's exactly every day for thinking. a week. Yeah. And see and, how well trained you are. Yeah. You'll find yourself, or, you know, yeah. patting your pocket or something, reaching mm-hmm. for your, your cell phone or, or just stand in line. While you're waiting for something in a bank line or something, mm-hmm. and and watch all the people actually who are on their cell phones or out at dinner, mm-hmm. well they've been trained to check it again and again yeah. and again, or maybe we've been trained uh, to drink a certain kind of coffee or, or and, and but something has shaped us is mm-hmm. is the point. So he's saying Timothy, he said don't have anything to do with wives' tales and the and the and the gossip of the day. But Timothy, he said, uh, and, and he mentions actually very distinctly. Uh, important things. He said, uh, train yourself in speech, the way you talk, mm-hmm. in conduct, the way you act, in love, what your affections are are, are pointed to, in faith, mm-hmm. what you believe, and in purity, you know, basically what you allow into your life. So, so it's not like this aimless, just go train yourself. Yeah. He actually gives them five amazing life, yeah. uh, life-informing uh, principles. To and work isn't on. it fair to say, uh, uh, honest question, that that certain training, some training comes easier because of our fallenness. Yeah. I mean, it, it just feels like why I can get so frustrated at myself. Why is it so easy to do the wrong thing sometimes and yeah. make a habit of it? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't try. I don't like, I got to spend 30 days to form this bad habit. You know, I've just got to consistently do it every day yeah, for yeah. 30 days. Yeah. And then I'll finally get that bad or, habit. Yeah, I'm struggling to get my toddler to eat Fruit Loops. Yeah. No, no one's going to have that struggle. It doesn't happen. Like, it, it, it's just, I, I simply fall into those things. But training myself for godliness, I think it's the same as like physical training. I don't have to train myself towards being slovenly and overweight. It just, it, it's the natural disaster, kind of. It's, it's, it's what happens. But I do have to train myself towards physical fitness. That, yeah. That's a different thing. I think that's what we don't necessarily realize. <laughs> While you were talking about training, I couldn't help. I thought about uh, something with my dad. It was so... I love my dad so much. He was just... He was my hero as mm-hmm. a kid, even though he, he was not a believer. He loved mm-hmm. me deeply. He got saved at the end of his life. Um, going to the tavern, the, the HT, Hermiston Tavern, was a very regular thing. It was less than a half a mile from the shop where he where he worked. He was a glass man. And I would often be in the little pickup truck with him, and we would almost always have to drive by the tavern to go anywhere from his <laughs> shop. And he would do this little thing. He had this little, like, Toyota pickup truck with glass racks on it, you know. And you can imagine, uh, and we're going down the road, and he'd go, whoa, girl, whoa, not yet, not yet. <laughs> As if his truck was yeah. a horse yeah. that wanted to pull into the tavern, because he knew, like, that's the watering hole, that's where we go. And he would make that little joke, and I would always, you know, laugh at yeah. it. But as an adult, I realized, like, oh, wow, they're, like, he's talking about pattern. He's talking about, right. like, there's this yeah. pull. That place has a pull on me. I want to turn in yeah. there, but I know I can't do that till the end of the day. But yeah. at the end of the day, that's where I'll be. Yeah. 
that, that, that pull, the enemy has a pull on us. And I'm not bashing taverns, although there tend to be dark places where bad decisions are made. Uh, I guess I am bashing taverns now that I think about it. <laughs> if you're a tavern owner, come talk to us. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we got a vision for your life. Yeah, tell us about all the great decisions that happen yeah. there. Uh, but there, there's, there is a, a pull towards ungodliness, and we have to train ourselves yeah. towards godliness. And that's, we, uh, you know, we, we beat this drum incessantly that we have to wake up to the idea that we don't live in a neutral world, right? Mm-hmm. So something, whether it's, <laughs> you know, it's a fascinating read. I was just reading the other day about some of the early history of Facebook mm-hmm. when they made the decision... Uh, in the early days, Facebook, this is a little rabbit trail here, folks, so hang with me. But in the early days, Facebook was geared at college students. It was right. created on a college campus by a college student for college students. And even its intentions then were pretty, mm-hmm. were pretty misogynistic and so forth. But then at some point in time, you know, 20 years ago, they made a decision mm-hmm. that they were going to now market Facebook to children, any age. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically yeah. they had an age limit, but all you had to do yeah. was lie about it and say, yes, I'm, I'm 12 years old. And so even if you were six, mm-hmm. but their idea it was an immediate dopamine rush of someone read your post, someone liked your post. Mm-hmm. And so you just think about this whole thing of debating of, uh, of wanting us to train mm-hmm. according to whatever they're selling. Yeah. Uh, I forget who it was, but early on someone said, you know, a, a rut is the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. So a rut is something that I've allowed my mind mm-hmm. or my body to get into um, and it shaped my life. Mm-hmm. Like what a, on one hand, that's an incredibly exciting, encouraging adventure, depending mm-hmm. on what I've allowed to share. Or on the other hand, it's, tra- yeah. it's tragic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it's a way of thinking. So in, you know, in your dad's case, it was mm-hmm. you know, this, this uh, actually a physical fight with the truck, so yeah. to speak, you know, mm-hmm. this metaphorical. But what if it's a rut of, um, of just cynicism? Yeah. What if it's a rut of fear? I mean, even mm-hmm. we know now that even behavior and uh, brain activity, the, that pornography or drugs create yeah. these neural pathways. Mm-hmm. And so Paul has this call out, Timothy, you're going to have to go against the flow here. Yeah. Last night we did uh, some work on forgiveness. Yeah. Around the tables in our discipleship class, there are people forgiving people. Yeah. And needing to have that conversation with them, like, because... Some people, I've heard this so many times, I want to forgive him, I want to forgive him. Yeah. I, want to, I know I should forgive him, I want to forgive him. I say, well, do you deci- are you going to decide to forgive them? Like, well, I, I don't feel like I can. Well, don't, don't worry about your feelings right yeah, now. Yeah. Your decision, your, mm-hmm. your decider. Does your decider decide to do it? Yes. Okay, then let's forgive him. Let's mm-hmm. do it right now. And then, like, it doesn't... Sometimes really amazing things happen and there just feels like this release and this 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 weight yeah. is off of them and mm-hmm. but often there is a certain release but then they're still like but I've, I'm in this rut of not mm-hmm. forgiving them. I fall back into that rut. Yeah. I fall back into that rut. I, I pick that mm-hmm. up again. I pick it up again. And so you have to train yourself to no no no, I forgave them. They're forgiven. I'm not their judge anymore. Yeah. They're in God's hands. It's a simple thing but I realized it's so it has to happen so many times in my life where I'm like, oh no, wait, wait, I'm, whether it be forgiveness or something else. No, that's not, I need to capture that idea. That's the old idea that I used to run with, but I've rejected that idea. This mm-hmm. is the new way I'm living. I'm not going to be cynical. I'm not going to be yeah. unforgiving. I'm not going to be bitter or whatever those, those things are, the ruts that I've gotten myself into. And I've got to purposefully grab the fruit over here that, no, I'm, I'm in joy, I'm in forgiveness, I'm yeah. in long-suffering. Which is, isn't it interesting that it's the... 
the, the struggle there is we're told so much and so often over and over, hey, just validate your feelings. Your feelings mm-hmm. are valid. Your feelings right. are valid. Your feelings are important. And feelings are important. Mm-hmm. But if we're led by feelings our entire life or if we're led by our emotions, right. we're going to say and do things that we regret later or that actually are actually untrue or very hurtful, right? Yeah. So someone who just, who just speaks their mind all the time, well, mm-hmm. what, if, what if some of that is, 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 is flawed? And, and, and yeah. it can be such a manipulative thing because mm-hmm. there's people out there that are really sharp people that have learned to manipulate emotions. And so how I feel versus what I've done in the, in, in the area mm-hmm. of actually forgiving somebody, I need to understand there's going to have to be time for my feelings to mm-hmm. catch up with what I believe yeah. now to be true, which is kind of like going to the gym. Again, back to the gym thing, on, on January 1 or 2, someone who hasn't been in the gym for a year goes to the gym and feels great about, oh, I just, this is my new life. Mm-hmm. Well, well, come find them in about three and a half weeks and see yeah. if, if it's... And again, it's that facing the hardship yeah. that comes in the challenge, right? One of the more encouraging moments in my life, uh, I was that cynical, sarcastic, sharp-tongued, uh, liked to use wit to mm-hmm. make points and didn't really matter if it hurt people's feelings. And I can still yeah. very much fall into that. Um, but man, when I was... 20 and first married and even in starting in ministry mm-hmm. that's how I that's how I got things done that's how, you that's rolled, how yeah. I manipulated and got yeah. you know things happen and I had a very good friend back then who was kind of right there with me a little bit and really enjoyed you know my banter and he would do the same thing and and years later I got to see him again and he goes Jason you're different you're like nice now and he was kind of like I don't know if I like this Jason mm-hmm. like what happened to like you used to do this and that and and, uh, you know, nice wasn't exactly what I was going for, but he, yeah. he was saying, something like, there's changed. something different. Yeah. And he said, why? why? What happened? Mm-hmm. And we talked through, like, I realized those things were not, they weren't godly. Yeah. They were mean. In a nutshell. That's a great word. They just weren't godly. Yeah. They, and they got things done, but they also stopped so much from, from happening yeah. in my life. And that's not how Jesus dealt with people. Yeah, that's not how Jesus dealt with people. And, and I'm, I can still, it's not like I'm saying that I've never done that again. Because that's the old rut I want to fall into, but I, I'm making new ruts in my life of godliness. Yeah, yeah. You know, in Paul, uh, in the last part of the chapter, he says he he addresses this thing we're talking about. Mm-hmm. He says, Timothy, be diligent, give your whole self, give yourself wholly to them. Mm-hmm. Watch your life, watch your doctrine, and persevere. Mm-hmm. So he 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 gives them this like longer range picture of Timothy. This isn't going to happen overnight. You're going to have to watch your life. Because yeah. isn't it true that we fall back into the, the ruts are always there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've all driven yeah. on a road where even even a freeway, we find the car going, a, you know, hey, wait a minute. It mm-hmm. feels like there's grooves in this thing. Well, those grooves are always going to be there, yeah. but I don't have to follow them anymore. So I have mm-hmm. to persevere. I have to watch carefully. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to, I have to just and be aware. I'd, I'd throw in that community is so much a part of this. Huge just part. like marriage. Huge like part. I joked about the wife's elbow. Yeah, yeah. Like they're, they're, they're really, that was the first community I was in was you know, that marriage community. And someone else was looking at my behavior and going, that's unacceptable behavior. Like what you said when we were in there? Yeah. Did you notice the yeah. look on her face when you yeah. said that? Yeah. Like, well, or, or they confront you and say, "Then that really hurt me." Yeah, and and I I realize, oh wow, uh, this I need someone to bounce off of, you know, what I sound like, what I yeah. act like, and that's the beauty of what you described there. I think of a recovery group, mm-hmm. a group of men or women who sit around a circle, yeah, and they're honest about themselves, right? 
but they also make themselves accountable to the other people mm-hmm. in the room. And anybody can call BS or yeah. call out what they say. Mm-hmm. Or when you fall, you also have this group that you can be honest with that loves yeah. you unconditionally and encourages you. But what are you, what are they headed for? What's mm-hmm. that group? Uh, what's the purpose of the group? Well, they want to be free of one yeah. deep, ugly rut mm-hmm. of addiction, and they want to have new life. They want yeah. to have a life that's free, how they were designed to live. Yeah. And what a beautiful picture, right? Of, and the uh, most successful ones are the ones that... They they don't bounce around from one group to another, but yeah. they stick together in one. Yeah, yeah. And there's a sponsor. There's yeah. a there's you know someone yeah. primarily there. That's, yeah, it's, we're on this journey together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, you know the people out there listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can think of certain people. I could name you by name if if I if I if I wanted to right now. But uh, you know, well done. You have stuck with it through yeah. your ups and downs and your journey. You've stuck with us through our journey as leaders mm-hmm. and, and a church community that's yeah. always changing, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully changing for the better, being conformed to his image. And so those of you that have stuck with it, well done, mm-hmm. and don't quit. Just like Paul said to Timothy, persevere, watch your life, yeah. you know, stay the course. Yep. Yeah, that's the joy in, uh, in pastoring is, like you said, being in someone's life from the cradle to the grave and seeing that yeah. that progress and knowing that any one day it's just a snapshot mm-hmm. snapshot it's not the whole life yeah and uh, it might be a great you know day of victory or it might be a day of defeat but if we prog- if we keep going mm-hmm. along together then we're gonna yeah we're building the kingdom we're we're yeah. seeing the kingdom of God we don't quit yeah we don't quit well thanks folks yeah 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 we love you we're glad you join us for this little uh, journey. Um, and the the journey, the real journey, like we were describing, is um, is in person. It's uh, it's face to face. These are mm-hmm. wonderful, helpful tools. I hope, uh, but I encourage you jump into a, a life group where this kind of thing takes place. Jump into yeah. a, a church service, into a volunteer team. Be a servant. Be a servant at the church. Come and serve. Yeah, and you will find uh, you'll find progress. Yeah, yeah. Good luck on the journey, man. Lord bless you yeah. guys. See you soon. <laughs>